Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 15 of The Resistance, titled The First Order Occupation. And we have a couple of pretty exciting book announcements that we should talk about first. Tom, why don't you tell us about that? Well... Let's see. We are getting a bunch of books concerning, um, I guess you can say, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Planet Batu. Uh, we are going to be getting one first. It's going to be coming from Marvel called Galaxy's Edge, a miniseries, starting April 24th of 2019. Uh, it's going to be Black Spire Outpost, or at least the synopsis for this is the Black Spire Outpost has a long been frequented by smugglers, merchants, and travelers from every corner of the galaxy looking to make their score on the infamous black market or experience the exotic thrills of the remote world. Oh, or experience the exotic thrills. The remote world of Batu alone has to offer. This is a really big synopsis, but anyway, you'll be meeting the infamous alien doc Andor, the proprietor of the rare and one of a kind antiquities market, I guess, Uh, It's going to thrive on unique opportunities, which abound on lawless outposts at the very edge of wild space in the all-new miniseries from Marvel. This is going to be written by Ethan Sachs. I guess uh, he's written Old Man Hawkeye. And it would be drawn by Will Silney, who also did Solo, A Star Wars Story. So this is going to be a miniseries coming out April 24th. Um, did they mention how many is this going to be? Is it going to be a four, uh, comic or a six comic miniseries? I, I don't know. Actually, I, I didn't see anything about the, the exact length, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it runs at least through the opening of both parks. Probably um, because if, if the schedule rumor that's been thrown out, I guess, Bob Iger threw out that June is going to be the one at Disneyland. And if it's going to run longer than that, the one in Disney world is going to open sometime toward the end of the year. So maybe there could be an overlap in stories to where one opens up and then it continues on until the one in Florida opens up. No clue. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. It might run past, but you know, somewhere, somewhere. I mean, we'll see. I'll probably pick this up as soon as it gets put into a graphic novel. Yeah. Personally, I'm more excited for the the second book though, Tom. This one I am really looking forward to as well. This is Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. It's coming out September 3rd of 2019. And in this novel, it is a prequel to the Disney Parks experience. General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy to Batu in a desperate search for resistance allies. Mm. This one looks and sounds really good. And you know what's going to be interesting? If somehow this book is going to tie into the actual park experience itself maybe there could be clues from the book that are going to be put into the park i wouldn't be surprised if I'm all sh- of them right? yeah i'm yeah. sure that will you'll run into characters that'll be hanging out in the cantina you know i'm i have no yeah. doubt they'll tie all sorts of things big and small into the experience yeah if, so if you remember the um before before force awakens and the last jedi they had you know journey to force awakens or journey to the last jedi and they would give you little hints and um uh, about 
you know characters that would be in the movie and they they mm-hmm. might just be a tiny background character but hey, they would they were there right and yeah. it kind of gave you a little more flavor before the movie came out i suspect this is exactly exactly what they're going to do with this one it's going to be basically like the journey to batu mm-hmm. um, uh, publishing line and i wouldn't be surprised if we go straight from that into the journey to whatever the heck they name episode nine uh, that's true you know, too in starting at the like mid to late september with mm-hmm. another series of what books. i'm what I'm kind of hoping for is Thrawn Alliances actually ties into Batu. So I'm wondering if they're going to tie in anything to that book as well. Because, you know, Padme was there as well, mm-hmm. along with Anakin and Thrawn. Yeah, true. So, and there's another book coming out. But William, I think I'm going to let you talk about this one. Yeah, so this is a Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova. It's coming out August 6th. And it is a, it's another uh, young adult novel, actually. Um and it focuses on Izzy and Jules, who were best friends until Izzy's family abruptly left Batu when she was six. Now she's back, and Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure what to make of her. While on the run from vengeful smugglers and an angry pirate, the two friends will become will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other. Now, if you'll remember, Lost Stars was another young adult novel a few years back. And that book is still probably one of the best mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars books in the new canon. Um, someday i'll read it oh steven you need to read it you have to read it i know you know i get to it man i've been reading a lot of things it is good it is very good i'll get there maybe eventually probably anyway i hope the crash of fate is similar to lost stars and so do i so do i so and then i guess there's going to be another book coming out called the skywalker saga by delilah s dawson this i guess is going to be more like a storybook and it's going to have art by brian rude it will be a retelling of episodes one through eight through the eyes of the skywalkers themselves Mm -hmm. so i i take it this would probably be for young readers since it's like Mm -hmm. a storybook format We'll see when that comes out. That's the impression I, I get. With lots of art, yeah. you know. And, yeah, a lot of art. But yeah. what I find interesting, it's for episodes one through eight. Are they going to touch on nine at all? Depends on when it comes out. I don't remember what the release date is for it. Yeah, there wasn't anything about a release date that I saw. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of release dates, though, uh, Tracy Canobio this week on Twitter gave us the release date for the Resistance season finale. It'll be on. March 17th, which means we don't get any breaks between now and the end of the series. Um, nice. There are what? Uh, it's This is episode 15 now. There are only 22 episodes left in the season. And there are actually, there's actually one fewer week than there are episodes left, which seems to imply that the uh, the season finale will be the two, two-parter and we'll get two episodes on the 17th, uh, you know, for an hour-long episode to, to close things off. So, uh, we're getting pretty close to the end. We've just got a month and a half left until Resistance uh, is done for the year. Um, I'm uh, I'm excited to see where things going, where things are going, especially with how quickly they are picking up. But uh, yeah, so expect uh, just a few more episodes left with the season finale on the 17th, March 17th, as mm-hmm. a two-parter. Uh, so we'll get double the Resistance that evening. But you know things are are heating up. So Tom. Tell us what we're going to be reviewing this week. It was a big one. Okay, well, yeah, it is a big one. Actually, I, I enjoyed this episode, and what we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, Resistance Season 1, Episode 15, 
the First Order Occupation. This was written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt and directed by Bosco Ning. Um, and in this episode, after Torres' kidnapping and subsequent rescue by Major Von Reg, the First Order sends a contingent of stormtroopers to the Colossus in order to hunt down the pirate spy. Dun, dun, dun. So it, so it does look like somehow they know that there is a pirate spy on the platform. Well, I mean, they're they're working with there the is, pirates. They're spies, naturally. <laughs> that's <laughs> I know. that's what makes this I thing so it. great. Like, the Empire's playing both sides beautifully. Oh, um, it's working for them. Wait, wait a minute. Empire or First Order? Ah. Sorry, the First ah. Order. That's all right. You know, but as we saw in the last episode, right, they, they kidnapped, they tried to kidnap Tora. Um, and at the end, the First Order betrays the pirates. Um, and, and now the First Order is using this, this, you know, this, this opening of the, the pirates, you know, the pirates are, are attacking and now they try to kidnap, they try to kidnap, uh, Captain Doza's daughter. So we have to, you know, leave our First Order stormtroopers on the, on the Colossus to help, you know, for, for your protection, Doza, and the citizens protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and now we're actually seeing they're increasing their presence quite a bit. And Doza has not fully accepted them yet. Mm-mm. He hasn't now, given in, did- but they're they're attacking, or they're they're not yeah. attacking, but they are they're they're invading under the guise of being helpful. Yeah, and what was interesting is I think Kaz made the comment that there was like the fourth Tie Fighter that flew in this week. But what did you guys think of that brand new Castellon species we saw at the beginning that was almost like this this flying fish type thing called the Snarlfish? They're pretty that, cool. They kind of remind yeah. me of like a a a, a bird crossed with a um, a crab almost. Yeah. Like a flying that was crab. Interesting. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of cool. Snarlfish. Uh, well, I especially, and not, not to, and this is no spoiler, but especially at the end of the episode, it was kind of cool to see that uh, interacting with Sonara. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think what's important about, about these, these creatures though, is that they, they make the world feel more real and lived in. Yes. I think that's one of the things that Star yeah. Wars does really well with the creatures. And Dave Filoni learned this from George. And when you don't, because like I think one of the things that really helps Star Wars, I, I think personally, is the establishing shots. And usually mm-hmm. these establishing shots, they have some sort of interesting creature just to show you there's other things happening in the world. Uh, you know, you can see it like, uh, you know, you'll get this establishing shot outside of Jabba's palace, right? With the, uh, the creatures there. You'll, you'll get, you know, the, the big shots of Naboo. And sometimes it's just a vista, but other times they actually have the creatures. And Dave Filoni learned this a lot. And we saw a lot of these creatures like uh, the Loth cats, you know, um, mm-hmm. Loth wolves, uh, but especially the Loth cats, I think, because they were used more in establishing shots uh, in Rebels. And uh, Resistance is doing a, a good job, too. They're slowly incorporating even more of these. And so I really liked how the episode opens with, you know, the you see the snarl fish flying and the TIE fighters basically come, a TIE fighter basically comes right through them uh, and heads toward the, the Colossus. And it really, one, makes the world feel more lived in, and two, shows you that, you know, the Empire is is increasing their presence. Mm-hmm. And not only that, as Sonara was trying to escape the Colossus, and because the First Order has put it on lockdown, the uh, droid at the ticket counter wouldn't let her through. So that really shows they're starting to slowly put a stranglehold on the on that platform. So, Tom, Stephen, I'm I'm especially curious. What do you think of this whole concept that you know Dozer hasn't officially given into the First Order, and yet they're able to 
shut down the stations, uh, you know, the, the into and out of the, the, the Colossus, out of the platform. Do you think they have the right to do that? Or, or how, how do you well, think this is sitting? There's even a great scene uh, about a quarter of the way into the episode where the stormtroopers, yeah, sorry, I was going to say stormtroopers. No, that's the Empire. No, they're still stormtroopers. Uh, <laughs> go and talk to Doza. And he reminds them that, hey, like, you don't really have the authority here. Like, I'm still the authority. Mm-hmm. But I think this is very much a case of uh, whoever's got the biggest guns is going to, that's who you should listen to. And in this case, they've got TIE fighters flying around. They've got stormtroopers patrolling. Like, they may and, not and, have official control of the Colossus, but they have de facto control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Doza's got to the point where it's like there's really nothing he can do about it because what what have they shown so far that is an actual security force on that platform? It's only been droids. We've not really seen a human security force, and we've only seen the aces. So it does kind of make sense. It's become de facto that the First Order, because they are carrying the guns and they are carrying the firepower, like mm-hmm. Steven said, that's what's happening on the platform. That's and true. he really has no choice. I mean, in this case, though, Doza is, he's the one calling the shots, and the First Order is trying to, they're trying to um, maintain the impression that they're listening to Doza and working with him. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I think is one of the most interesting things, right? They, they're not obviously being out and out bad. They're just, um, you know, just kind of creeping up there and, and taking more and more control where they can. But you'd think that Doza would be like, you know what? You can protect my people. You could be here, but you can't shut down my platform. That's me. That's not okay. Yeah, but but you get the you get the feeling that von Reg and and everybody else will come back with a different response going, uh, but it's for your own good and protection of the platform that we do this and that is always true. spin it in that direction. And that's almost almost exactly what Pyre says later in the episode too, when you know Doza, as you mentioned, Stephen is getting mad at at, at Pyre, and Pyre's like, "We're just you know ensuring the safety of your family and your constituents. It's it's okay. We're just we're here to help, right? Yeah." We'll only be here a couple of days, I promise. Right, just right. Two, three months, year, you know, just maybe years. Maybe ever. We don't know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting to see how the residents of the Colossus take this, too. I mean, you, at one point, 4D even says to Doza that the the station has never been safer. And uh, it almost sounds like, you know, this droid is taking the first order side and of course doza well, wonders at what cost which is a very the the thing you have to remember is the station was dangerous because the first order was paying the pirates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now that they're there of course it's safer huh funny how that works like it's uh you know it's a protection racket yeah yeah okay and and the other thing when you're Cass is trying to find the first order spy now that you look at it from this point of view who's to say it's an actual human or alien who's to say the droid could not uh, i mean the the spy gave it away is not a droid could be yeah, yeah. it's possible it's it's very possible um but you know it, it's kind of interesting to see how everyone takes it differently i mean some of the res- some of the residents are clearly not happy about the first order others are are even thanking the first order stormtroopers for being on the station and how happy you know they are to to see the the stormtroopers uh, of course, they are not always uh, polite in return, but... Um, Wasn't right. it that one merchant who sat there and said, I'm glad you're here, and then the First Order turned on him and said, where's your um, ID? As the guy sitting here thanking him for being there, just like, where's your ID? And just had the guy uh, totally flustered until it was just realization that 
Kaz was nice enough to buy this guy time and had his ID, you know, tucked in a pocket all along. That's a good point. I'm trying to remember if those are the two different residents or the same one. Because I know no, that there were yeah, two. That's, one was yeah. a Rolt, one was a Godel right? who got yeah, knocked over. Gold, but yeah. They actually took away in in cuffs. Right that later, yeah, later he, they arrested yeah, him. Later, I, so I, actually, yeah. I should clarify. I believe those are that's the same Godel in both cases. Um, okay, because in the in the past there's been this Godel named um, uh, Yanni, I believe, who we've seen in the past. And this Rolt looks very similar like him, but I, I did confirm that this is Rolt, uh, mm-hmm. not Yanni. So I think it's a separate Godel. Um, um, so, I, but I, I believe they are the same one that gets. He's the same one that gets arrested for being past curfew okay. later in the episode. But you're right. There, the other the other guy that was Glem, right? This Rodian, mm-hmm. um, and and he was just a merchant. Yeah, yeah. We see we've seen Glem a lot, and uh, they. They almost arrest him when he doesn't have his identification on him. Um, and, of course, Kaz tries to intervene and almost gets himself in even more trouble. It, I think it says a lot that Kaz is willing to intervene, though. Like, he knows how dangerous it is for him to uh, be attracting their attention right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, you know, does it anyway is, I think it's well, a big even, for him. And it actually even goes further later in the episode to where, even though he's trying to hide his face... He's still trying to do the right thing by getting Sonara off the platform. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He does have a he does have a big a big heart. Um, I did find it funny when the the show kind of tried to scare the viewers in some ways when uh, you know the Kaz Kaz tries to intervene and the first order stormtrooper say turn to him and say maybe this is the spy we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, that was a good and, one. You know, Kaz and BB get these ju- scared yeah. expressions on their face. Do you Part think of the first order knows there's a. Uh, resistance spy on the station too. Like Good they, question. I'm trying to think. That, they know that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I'm trying to think what they like. So they know they saw someone on the first order station, but maybe they weren't able to connect them that incident to the Colossus itself. Well, who was the one that kind of at least picked out Poe? No, it was the pirates that picked out Poe being mm. on the. Um, transport that was able to save Sonara, if I remember correct. And I think it was not clear that it was Kaz with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Interesting. I mean if Kaz isn't careful, he's gonna give himself away. Mm-hmm. Um, or Niku is gonna or, give or, him away. Or, or Niku. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who wins the award for giving themselves away. Is it Kaz with his knowledge of you know the first order, and again, well, to be fair, a lot of this is Niku as well. So I'm like, oh, you know so much about the first order, you must really yeah. like them, you know, and you must be happy they're here, <laughs> right? And doesn't understand what the word nauseated really means. Nauseated mm-hmm. from excitement. No, that was very much, I think, the right definition of nauseated. Well, true, just not. I don't know. I th- yeah. it was. I took that as uh, obviously Niku doesn't understand when someone's making a false statement or not. And so when Cass said he loves the first order, <laughs> then clearly if he's nauseated and loves the first order, there can be only one explanation. Cause he's so happy. Cause he's so happy. <laughs> oh uh, boy. <clears throat> but no later is, is even worse when again, the ever, the ever helpful Niku just offers up all of Cass's personal information to the stormtroopers yeah. when they ask for his name. Yeah. That was that was fun. His name, hey, his address. Hey, everything about Kaz. Yeah, I live in Quadrant Three Two Seven, and you know, yeah, yeah. It was uh, 
A little much, oh, Nico. Nico. A little much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, later he but... says, he's like, you know, he's like, well, the stormtroopers are only looking for spies, and you know, you, you don't have anything to fear, right, Kaz? And it's just, <laughs> no, no, of course Nothing not. Nothing at all. At least he didn't stutter. The, that's true. That was an improvement for Kaz. He did yeah. not. He did not stutter. Yeah, but, um, but with all but with all that going on, that did help Glem find his ID. It did. That stalled them just enough to where he was able to find the ID and not have the stormtroopers take him away in handcuffs. Well, what's interesting too is that like this was the perfect opportunity for Glem to run, and he didn't. He stayed. It was. He found his ID, and then even when they were when they're uh, questioning Kaz, he interrupts them, and and you know offers his ID to to distract the stormtroopers from Kaz. Why do you think he interrupted the troopers? Was it just he really just just found his ID, or did he feel bad that Kaz was almost getting in trouble for helping? Or I don't know. Could could there be more to Glenn than meets the eye? I took it as you know everyone on the station is basically just kind of above board, like, mm-hmm. and they're looking they're, out for each other. Yeah, like they, they're none of them think they're doing anything wrong is happening. Like, yeah, the first order is being kind of shitty about things, but like. All, if we just give them what they want, then of course they'll be they'll be good natured in return. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, if that's the case, it's only Kaz that knows the real thing when mm-hmm. behind the the first order, and in a certain respect, Doza too. Everybody else is basically naive to what's going on with the first order. I mean, take a look at it this way: th- th- this is this is how bad the first order was. Oh, Pete was sitting there just nicely cleaning his little section with his little floor cleaner, and they take it away from him. The stormtroopers just... actually take the thing away. I mean, those monsters. Why? Monsters is what <laughs> I they know. are. I felt so bad for Opeepit too. Like he's the little janitor we've seen in the background of so many episodes. The little fuzzy I... yellow janitor. It's uh, jumping ahead a bit. The scene in the elevator with uh, Kaz and Sonara, <laughs> yes. where he comes in and just is. I presume tearing a new backside off the first order is just <laughs> fantastic. But but on top of that, you could tell he's heartbroken that they took his thing because I think at one point he even sat there and pantomimed. Yeah, they, yes. yeah. I that's mean, his livelihood, talk, Tom. Yeah, how is but, he going to make t- a living here on the station? That's true. But I got to say this: you got to hand it to the animators for throwing that in there to kind of pantomime that because you, if people pay attention, that was a crack up to see. Oh, it was, oh, it was, it was everything from the yeah. how sad it was when he got taken away from him to at one point he's like standing in a hallway desperately asking other residents for help yes. trying to find his vacuum to yes. finally, you know, that scene in the elevator. I think the whole scene in the elevator is so perfect too because, you know, uh, Kaz and Sonara oh. hop into this elevator oh, and it's going down so and funny. the doors open and they start to run out and, you know, actually first you get this elevator music, which is great. That that That's the other thing that made it so it was, classic <laughs> was just the flat out elevator music to where it's like, Wait a minute. That is so funny. It was it's a little like, bit Mass Effect, actually. <laughs> yes. It was great. Um, and then, of course, you know, the doors open and they start to run out and they realize it's the wrong floor. And that's when Opeepit comes in yeah. and, you know, starts complaining to them. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that really sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Peepit gets off on the next floor and, they, you know, <laughs> they go back to their waiting. It's just it's so perfect. Oh, it's probably one of my favorite scenes fun, in the episode. Fun stuff in this episode. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, it was it was quite quite good. Um, and this is the interesting thing. Now that you got the first order on the platform, you have Kaz that wants to inform the resistance of what's going on, and it's like Jaeger is trying to say, "Look, I get it, but 
they're going to be monitoring all this communication. Cass is going to have to be careful in this respect because Jaeger's got a good point. He should wait for Poe to get a hold of him, but do you, but do you think Kaz is going to hold off, or do you think he's going to try something to get some word to the first or uh, to the resistance? Knowing Kaz, of course he's going to try. Yeah. <laughs> not much of a question. No, I had to throw it out there. the The thing is, again, though, Niku, you know, while 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 Yeager and and Kaz are talking, Niku basically lets the stormtroopers inside, and uh, please come in. Yeah, come on <laughs> in. Would you like a refreshment? Yeah, can I get you some tea or coffee, maybe? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, oh boy. Niku, I know you're just trying to help, but, like... I mean, then again, what could he really do if you you try to keep him out? It'd be suspicious, but... Yeah. um, Yeah, you know, and they... They, of course, they want to talk to Kaz about the spy aboard the station, and because there are a thousand spies on the station, Kaz starts to freak out and um, think they're, they're... Talk, you know, coming for him again, um, uh, but it turns out that they just found him on security hologram hologram footage near Doza Tower the night of Tora's abduction. So that's why they want to talk to him and Sonara. And when he realizes they're after Sonara, he 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 realizes he has to go and and save her and protect her before um, before they they get her. Yeah, like he doesn't have a crush on her. Oh, you yeah. know. Look, totally BBA calls him out. He's yeah, very clear. He he, that's not how he likes her. Yeah. He likes her as a friend. It's okay. Yeah. It's true. I did find that scene pretty funny. You know, it would be very funny, and, and I know it's not going to happen, but to get the translation of BB-8 calling out Kaz. Oh, the translation of BB-8 or R2, like, Chopper. Well, Chopper, that, Chopper like, all we have to do is ask Filoni. That's it. I mean, well, sure. you know. But I, yeah. I just someday I hope we get a what do you call it a special cut with just that. Even if it's for comedic relief, I think it would be hilarious to get some kind of special mm-hmm. cut like that. I don't know if you oh, want to yeah. see what Choppers has. I feel like he's probably got a dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I'm not sure R2 is much better. Let's be very clear. <laughs> That's true. The, I feel like R2 is a little yeah. more sarcastic. Maybe. But well, I don't know. He gets scolded a couple times by 3PO. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, but anyway, BB-8 and Kaz go off to find Sonara. And as usual, Kaz just can't be quiet. Um, you know, he bumps a stack of crates, which almost fall on his head twice. And, you know, these stormtroopers try to investigate. And uh, and he gets out just in time for not being discovered. He does. Every time. He does. And actually, I have to, say, I have to make one... Uh, call out one thing here. Uh, Kaz runs into these two droids, and I I cannot for the life of me remember what they're called. They're um, larger versions of the the droids seen in Clone Wars with, with like the bunny ears almost. Um, oh, but anyway, um, they uh, they they when they those droids talk, Kaz he almost runs them over, and they have the same voice as the rickshaw droid from Attack of the Clones. Uh, which I, I just loved that sound effect. And also earlier, we we didn't mention this, but the um, the 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 ticket counter, excuse me, the ticket mm-hmm. counter droid um, had the exact same uh, voice as the uh, the the Tattletale droid, the TT eight L Y seven gatekeeper droid outside Jabba's palace, which nice. I appreciated as well because you don't actually hear that one very often. I, I believe it's speaking Hatties probably. Um, 
but I've always thought it's such a cool sound effect for a droid, and I appreciate it how they they use it for the 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 droid the ticket counter here yeah. in, uh, on the Colossus. So great okay. job, sound team. <laughs> now, now here's the thing. So Sonora gets a hold of Kragen to try and figure out a way to get her off the planet. So if the first order monitorings all the um, the traffic going in and out, which is what Jaeger kind of you know put to Kaz, you'd think they'd be able to spot her quicker if she was trying to get a uh, to information out to Kragen to come get her. Well, it's, she's you can tell even in this episode she's been pretty crafty about where she well, shows no, up. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And it is interesting that that's when she finds out that the First Order uh, did betray the pirates. So, yeah. And then, of course, we get one of the most awkward conversations I think we've ever seen, which is Kaz talking to Sonara <laughs> about food. Yeah, that that was, yeah. That was pure Kaz, is what that was. Mm-hmm. Which worked. Which worked. That's one word for it. Yeah. Well, it worked. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. It, I mean, I, I enjoyed how they, she, Sonara even came back to that analogy later on. Yeah. Right before she leaves. You know, she's like, good luck with the food. <laughs> um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, food is, well, I mean. There's a spy. Someone's yeah, a spy. Yeah. It's not even just a Yeah. I think, I, I guess, yeah, food is kind of a spy, but also. I think it's just his how he likes Sonara as well because mm-hmm. he talks about how he wants to help the food and likes the food. And uh, anyway, it was very yeah. Great. Okay, a, I have to it's say a this. very unique choice. And, and I have to say this: great writing from the writers on that. And you got to give the voice actors credit because they 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 pulled off a very interesting, at the same time uncomfortable sequence and made it work Mm -hmm. because you could just tell the uncomfortableness between that was just perfect oh definitely and there's also that moment (laughs) this kind of awkward moment later with uh with kaz and sonara right before sonara hops in the um uh in the in the ship right the the escape ship he's like oh let's not have a sensitive moment or something like that she's like (laughs) what what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's just there are lots a sensitive of goodbyes. Like that that's what it was. Too. Yeah. Like there's, sorry, I'm just going to jump ahead to the very do end. It, do it. Uh, like when Kaz is trying to have the kind of smooth goodbye line as, uh, you know, Sonara is in the escape pod and going off and then first smashes his head on the, uh, whatever you call it, the thing. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the hatch. Escape pod hatch. Funny. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, he can't get it to close smoothly. And as usual, it's left to Sonara to finish yeah. things up. Yeah. And that was a very interesting thing. Did you hear them mention when it came to the escape pods, that was the last one? hmm Okay, so now it gets back to what is the Colossus? I think we asked the question, is it actually a platform that's, that was built on that, or was it an old spaceship that they put down there? I'm, I'm still pretty sure it's an old, like, Republic... Uh, like at a medical station or like space station. Cause it, I'm almost positive. We've seen that design before. Interesting. 
It would have to be a huge space station because it seems like this is just a very small part of it, which is fascinating enough. It does have basement levels going underwater, but it's fascinating that there's only one escape pod. So, I'm sure it, the rest have just been used either at some point or the rest is trying to take it out. One of the things I, I liked, I really enjoyed though, was just the, the whole concept of escape pod underwater. Yes. Uh, and especially the shot of that escape pod launching out into the ocean was very, very cool and very Star Warsy. And the other thing Absolutely. that I liked, the other thing I liked about that when it came across that big creature we saw a while mm, back Arachna. because it was trying to get its baby. Yes. Yeah. I had for a minute there, it was going to be like Star Tours where the thing comes out and just grabs it. And all of a sudden she's gone because it just, it, it ate the pod. <laughs> there was wow, something I, about it. I'm Star- looking at oh it no, going, it was close. There, thank you. I, I don't know what that creature was there for, but it was right. It's what? Like, I think it honestly, I think it goes to what William you were talking about at the very beginning, which is there's something to, that Star Wars does so well around these kind of establishing shots that make the world feel more lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was a very large sea monster. Yeah. Was it the, was it actually the one we saw mm-hmm. from the uh, Bebo's? Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I and so I think they're just so. trying to tie it in and say, yes, look, the rockness still out there. Right. Yeah. I suspect that's what that was for but it also has the it makes the world feel a little more alive as well i think it's kind of mm. you know, and, and to a certain there. extent it kind of puts her in danger of not making it to her escape so yeah, yeah. that's how i look at it yeah but before they get to the skate pods though um you know they kaz goes and, and warns sonara as we talked about just in time because glem tells the stormtroopers where sonara is uh, but by the time they round the corner She's hidden inside a crate, and Kaz is pushing it on a on a little um, hover cart uh, with a really cool mask that almost reminded me of Kanan's mask in Rebels, or a mm-hmm. very basic almost Mandalorian, Mandalorian mask. mask. Yeah. yeah, very basic. Yeah, I I kind of hope Kaz like adopts that mask as a uh, I don't know something throughout the rest. Of, like you know, he's got his like secret spy costume or something like his that. Alter ego, <laughs> mm. yeah, Mando see. Man. <laughs> Mendo man. Yes, exactly. Maybe he'll appear in the Mandalorian. Man- Mando man is his new his new alter ego. Uh, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. Okay, it's all I'm saying. It did. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. And I also appreciate you know, again the little details in the in the background. Like the there's there's some guy wearing you know these Hoth rebel fatigues. Um, we saw him in the background in Children from Dahar, and again in this episode. And like, I just want to, I want to know who is this, this, this old rebel who just retired to the Colossus. What's he doing? I don't know. He didn't look that old. I mean, the guy that I keep saying I want to cosplay, I think he, he was older. much older than this okay, guy maybe, running maybe around this guy the just like, He bought some old Hoth fatigues at the, yes, you know, at the, at a garage sale or something. And, or at that, that's, that's how I look sale. at it because know. he does not look that old. Yeah. He got him from his. His dad, his dad yeah, had him but, down. But <laughs> I don't know. to also put it with what Steven mentions about when it comes to using the what's around you, even putting that character there still gives that good air around the character where he could have been walking down that corridor with no one behind him, but to place a character like that behind him, it, like, it really gives a good feel to the story. Mm-hmm. And there's, some, there's stuff going on other than him just walking always down empty corridors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to ask, were you, were you guys surprised by the, re- the, the big reveal I would say, or of the in the episode, not a big reveal, but the the nice little twist that Sonara is actually actually cares and came back to 
to rescue I mean, Kaz? I don't think it's a big reveal. They've been building yeah. up to it for a while. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, I, I think I said a while back. Do you think she's going to be one that could turn? And to a certain extent, I think I think she has. But I think in this case, it she doesn't have a choice because basically the first order turned on the pirates. Now the mm. question is, what's going to happen with the pirates since the first order turned on them going right. forward? Right. Yep. No, I mean, I'm like even. Sorry, I'm gonna keep jumping at the it. very end of the do episode it. where Sonara yeah, is ahead. rescued by the pirates. You know, there's this interesting question I'd almost say, which is like, for a moment, she when she's talking to Craig and she's got that kind of like harder piratey type voice going, and then mm-hmm. it's followed up with a like. But maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think will happen to her? Because she she gets picked up by by Kragen, and, and also I have to like, they're 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 pirate skiff, and the the way they do like the lighting with the spotlight on mm-hmm. Sonara, really well done. I have to call that out before we kind of uh, jump off this topic. But um, now that now that Sonara is with the with the pirates, back with with Kragen, do you think you know is she still sympathetic to the so the folks in the Colossus, is she going to try to help almost be like a a double agent now working for the helping to helping Kaz within the pirates? What do you think will happen? That's my guess. Like I, the pirates already have a bone to pick with the first order. And I think she's mm. going to encourage that bone, not because she hates the first order, but because she knows it helps Kaz. Yeah. And I also think because the pirates have been double crossed, how can you go and work for the first order? I could see them completely walk away and wash their hands of the whole situation, but they know at some point the first order is going to come after them and drum up some other charges on them because that's what they're going to do. I mean, the, the, the empire did the exact same thing. So you're going to do the first order is going to, you know, do the exact same thing. They're going to go after the pirates. So the pirates at some point are going to have to defend themselves against the first order. And she right now is probably the best, the best person as a contact either to Kaz to the resistance or to Kaz and figure out how the pirates can help them defend the Colossus. If the first order starts an invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and part of me wonders if this is going to be like, enemy of my enemy is my friend situation where yeah you know they'll actually end up turning and and helping the colossus because the first order has betrayed them so much that's where i put my money yeah that's where i'm going to put it too but i guess at this point it's going to be how kragen goes from this point and i wonder will sonara almost try to take out kragen and resume control or try to convince him that it's that oh, they, well, to help. But was she ever in control of the pirates? I mean, I always thought it was Craig was the one in control and she was one of the, the henchmen underneath him. Well, sure. But maybe she overthrows him and mm, good know, point. a mutiny or, you know, something along those lines. Good point. It's possible. There is something I want to go back and touch on really quick. How did you like that little touch when she's sitting there in the escape pod waiting to be picked up? That little snarlfish came up to her, and she actually kind of like sat there and and did like a, a a pet to it or something like that. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I thought so too. It's a, it was a good way of showing that you know as a character she's no longer the rough and tumble pirate that she was at the beginning. Mm. Exactly. 
exactly. And, and again, there's a lot of the little details. And we talked about the elevator scene earlier. And um, one of the things we did mention is just like Cassie, you know, just like tapping his hand anxiously or uh, his, you know, his awkward facial expressions in the elevator. So I think that the animators do a good job making the world really feel alive, whether it's the creatures yeah. or, or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. But uh, you know, another touch that I actually really liked is, you know, there's, so there's a scene uh, about three quarters of the way through the episode where Kaz has just left Sonara uh, on board one of the shuttles and he's running oh, through the hallways, yes. turns the corner and he's found a very odd corridor that's filled to the ceiling full of baggage. Yes. Um, and, you know, of course, Sonara comes and rescues him. And then later, same episode, you know, obviously same episode because we're viewing the same episode. But like Niku screaming through the hallways to create a distraction yeah. is the exact same thing. And even the shot of the stormtroopers chasing after, you know, uh, Kaz and Niku, followed by, uh, you know, BB-8 and uh, Sonaro. I thought it was like a really cool touch. Like they were shot in the same way or mm-hmm. animated in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very well done. And it also shows that, like, Niku, Niku was willing to help his friends, right? He mm-hmm. So the, yeah. the Kaz and Sonara go to Niku for help. And, you know, after a whole long extended joke about how Niku knows the ship like the back of his hand, and, of course, he, he just can't get it through his head and is looking back and forth with the ship in his hand. Like, I don't... Do I know them the same way? <laughs> yeah, that was... was a little, okay, that uh, was... A little much, but that's okay. Yeah, um, it was a little too long. But um, the uh, uh, he, he, you know, they he, he he shows them where the escape pods are. He comes up with the the plan to get out of there, and um, and he when the, when the stormtroopers start to chase them, he he actually goes and turns this valve and blows a cloud of steam into his face, create a distraction, and then runs off to give Kaz and Sonara an opening. And it just kind of shows mm-hmm. how dedicated he is. Yeah. So do you think when it comes to Nico, do you think one day all the stuff may come back and bite Kaz because of the way he is and the way just he spouts the information like this? Because he can just start start going off on things right now. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Could? Possible? Yeah, because yeah, how naive he is. You just see one day it's like he can just get cornered and all of a sudden it's just like, especially where it's like, you know, he invites the stormtroopers in to Yeager's place and gives them the address to Yeager's place and all this other stuff. It's like one of these days is going to be like, blah, it's all going to come out. Yeah. yeah. Unless, Tom, your theory is right. And Niku is, in fact, a First Order spy. Mm-hmm. That's true. That could be true. So, so far, we've got Tora as a spy. Mm-hmm. Niku's a spy. Well, hang on. Sonara is definitely money, a spy. My money is on Tora being a spy. Tom's money is on Niku. My money's well, on I, Sonara. Okay, but now now there's a part of me that almost wants to change it to where I think, because remember I said a droid could be a spy? Who's the droid that came in, or what's the, the droid uh, identification that came in to talk to Doza about 40? what was going on on the platform? 4D. Is uh, that what it's called? 4D? That's, that's her name, yeah. 4D M1N. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. who's to say that it could be a droid? Who's to say Possibly. it could be her? Yeah. Could be. She was reprogrammed. I don't know. So what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get like this wheel. It's going to have little little pegs on it, and it's going to be like a spinning wheel. I'm going to spin it like every month to see which one comes up as being a spy. Because <laughs> right now we have no clue. 
I'm just glad uh, they're starting to progress. Again, okay, we have no real hints on the First Order spy. No. But they're they're progressing the plot quite a bit with the uh, the pirate spy subplot and the, the occupation of the Colossus. And I really, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. I really do. For sure. Um, so, you know, Sonara, she, she ends up escaping. She's back with the, the First Order. Sorry, the, not the First Order, the, the pirate gang. Um, safe and sound. Well, as safe as you can be with uh, Kragen, who was basically going to leave her to die because mm-hmm. she didn't take the chance she had to escape. And he was already not really trusting her anyway, so I'm not sure how safe she's going to be. But, hey, she's off the station. Um, and her cover is definitely blown now. Yep. Um, but uh, so, she, so she's gone. And Tam is, you can, you can see she's actually, she was getting to like Sonara because Tam, even Tam is a little sad that Sonara left without saying goodbye. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny at the very end that Niku runs in and, uh, and basically passes out. But right before he passes out, he's like, I don't think they got a good look at me. And just, ah. Oh, how quickly he goes from, oh, the first order oh, so friendly Niku, to, Niku, Niku, Niku. to running from the first mm-hmm. order. But, you know, like, again, he, it, it took, Sonara and Kaz telling him that the first order is pretty bad. Mm. Uh, but I, I wonder if he started to slowly be brought into their conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, unknowingly, but he is. Um, and now Tam is kind of on the outs as far as the three of them go. Yeah. Mm. So. so did you guys think that the episode lived up to its um, title by way of a full-scale occupation of the Colossus? I'd say it was close. Yeah. Like we're getting there. And again, like William, you mentioned it, like this is actually, we're moving the story forward at a pretty decent clip now. Like the first order are now here. Like they're looking for spies on the station. Sonara has kind of come and gone. You know, what's going to be interesting. We're getting there. Who's, who's the Imperial pilot of the aces? Griff Holleran. Okay. What would be very interesting is if somehow you see Griff Holleron kind of interact with the stormtroopers. Why? Because they're both played up by Dave Filoni? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dave no. didn't play one of okay. the stormtroopers. Yeah, I know. Okay, I, yeah, I know. Because Filoni played a stormtrooper along with Stephen Stanton and Phil Lamar. So Phil Lamar was the captain. So yeah, okay. That No. What what I meant was it's like how how the writing would be with this ex-imperial TIE fighter pilot up next to how he's going to interact with uh, first order different mindset. You think he's going to like, you know, like, like, like be sympathetic to them. Do you think he's not going to, I mean, that's, I'd like to see that because really at this point we have not seen the aces interact with anybody so far I- other than racing, mm-hmm. other than flying and other than Filoni being one of the guys, because we figured it out later, because it was red, I'm sorry, yellow and black, that was Filoni. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I, I'd like I, I'd like to see that. I I don't think we're going to get, I think we'll get more of the aces. I don't think we're going to get what you're describing, though. Like, I just, the show's just really not moving in that direction. And I, I think if we were going to get that type of story, we would have gotten it earlier in the season. Okay. I think the aces are supposed to be a little... Uh, a little 
separate from everyone else at least they kind of you know they live in their towers and kind of are secluded um but the way the story's moving forward and the way that the first order is becoming an occupying force on the platform there has to be a point in which the first order will rub elbows either the right way or the wrong way with the aces yeah i mean we know from the trailer that uh yeah like that is going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be more than one episode. And well, no, that's even true. in that it will be. It's not like they're going to be the star of the episode. It'll be you know Kaz fighting the first order and the fireball with the aces right. in the background. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I'm, I, I was just I, I thought this was a great episode because they mm-hmm. they were finally starting to move the story along. The last two episodes where they they kidnapped. Torah, and that's when they're actually starting to invade. And while um, I almost felt, I don't know. I think initially I was one, I was a little disappointed. It's like, oh man, they they've invaded, but they it's not like a full scale Naboo invasion type of thing, right? Um, but at the same time, as I started thinking about it, it's not really supposed to be a full scale invasion because that would no. that would make it really easy for the residents to be upset and Doza to be furious. And then of course the, I suspect the new Republic would step in at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. But if this is more, more insidious, more slowly taking things over so that they, they do have the unofficial blessing of Doza, even if he doesn't fully agree yet, then they're able to, to, you know, do things like shut down the station or go after spies or, or whatnot and people will kind of accept it a bit more um, mm-hmm. yeah so it's yeah. uh so uh, i think i was wor- initially worried that they were they they hadn't gone far enough i think it's they're doing the right stuff and it's really exciting yeah That's i think fair. it's working out very well i'm happy that they're finally getting to the point where they are moving the story further along mm-hmm. and i think they're going to accelerate pretty quickly pretty quickly at least it, it it certainly seems to be accelerating quickly yep so do you think we're at a point where we can give a rating yeah let's uh what, do, what would you say tom what would you rate this well i actually enjoyed this episode i thought this was so far what i'm appreciating is it's moving the story forward i'm giving this one an 8.5 i i could go nine but i'm going to give it an 8.5 and to me, it's a solid episode. Really enjoyable. Had I've got to give you guys credit, uh, the animators and everybody who wrote that elevator scene, that totally caught me off guard and was very enjoyable to watch. I loved it. It it it, it was great. Um, I am going to take my eight point five Womp Rats. And what you guys did not know, it was the actual. It was about eight point five Womp Rats that were actually in that elevator as well, and they were. Um, they were just there riding the elevator up and down. And at some point they were going to get off into the lower levels. And that's why we figured out there was only one escape pod because the 8.5 Womp Rats got rid of the other ones. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sounds There good. you go. <laughs> so William, why don't you go next? Yeah, so I thought this was uh, again as I said earlier. I, I like how they're they're picking up the pace. They're 
starting to show the first order making some pretty big moves and uh i suspect things are just going to get crazier and crazier from here on out uh, i still want to see more you know character development overall but i think we're starting to get that um and, and obviously the plot is definitely speeding up so um yeah i think i'm gonna give this uh an uh, eight i'll do an eight out of ten uh you know ten womp rats and uh i'm gonna uh just have my 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 eight my eight womp rats are are, are gonna be hanging out with the the snarlfish and uh getting some intel from them because you know the snarl snarlfish are, are everywhere they see things they hear things they're great sources of intel so eight womp rats and eight snarlfish. Eight womp rats. Okay. So Steven, you're up. Okay. Uh, not much else to add. I'm. I'd also give it an eight out of ten womp rats. Uh, like like I said, solid episode. I'm really happy we're seeing the story move forward, and I I would love to get in. I hope this rhythm kind of continues, and we just keep getting these nice solid episodes that are you know fun and easy and just you know just work. Um. So yeah, eight out of ten womp rats, and uh, you know we were wondering why the giant sea monster didn't eat uh, Sonara's escape pod. Mm-hmm. It was very, very full. Uh, you know, just a few minutes before Sonara got there, there were eight womp rats that were out for a nice afternoon swim, and uh, it didn't <laughs> didn't end so well for them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how that works sometimes. And that's why the okay. the Rockna wasn't hungry. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. It's just it can be tough. Yeah. Wow. What are okay. you going to do? <laughs> Probably feed them more in the next episode. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the next yeah. episode uh, is looks looks to be very cool. It's called The New Trooper. It's season one, episode 16. When uh, Kel and Elia seek out Cass's help after knocking out a stormtrooper. Oh, what have they done? Cass uh, dons the trooper's armor to protect the kids and spy on the First Order. That's pretty cool. That should be good. Yeah. Mm, this should be really good. I I really, really am appreciating how they're moving the story forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. And of course, you know, the the week after that it's just gonna be getting crazier and crazier if you go look up the mm-hmm. episode titles. So uh, lots of good stuff. I happening. think what's I think what's gonna be fascinating at this point, even though we're still trying to get through this season is what's the story going to be in season two? I mean, depends on where they end things this season. Yeah. It's been so slow initially, but now they're picking up. It's speed. picking up. I think we'll see yeah. the destruction of, I believe we'll see, we'll have to see the destruction of, of, uh, um, and prime. Maybe they'll leave do, the Colossus. Do you think- do you think we'll see the destruction of the Colossus, or do you think we'll just see uh, First Order takeover and everybody kicked off? Or basically everybody who can get out, get off the platform? I think Kaz might leave. Hmm. Only Kaz? Interesting. You don't think Jaeger, and if, if Tam's not a part of being the spy, Tam would go too? Or maybe any of the aces? I, I no, I don't think they'll get rid of all the characters. Sorry, mm. I think at the very least, Kaz will go. I don't know about everybody else. Okay, but it's hard. So many of the characters they said were big major characters, or they yeah. seem to be big major characters, are not. 
yeah, in this show, especially so. when it came, yeah, especially when it came to the aces. That's yeah. still the thing that I'm sorry to be my craw, but you make the big deal at the beginning of the season that hey, these aces and you named them all and did all the stuff. And I think the the imperial guy is getting his own Lego, which I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but really, where have we seen him other than a grunt? Yeah. Oh, and All speaking true. of which, sorry, I just, I just realized we made a mistake earlier, so we got to correct our mistakes, uh, like with last week. Um, we we accidentally said that Griff Holleran was played by Dave Filoni. That's actually not correct. Um, oh. I completely forgot. Uh-oh. Griff Holleran, uh, Dave Filoni played Bo Kevel. We talked about that correctly last week, but this week we said the wrong ace's name. So Sorry. Yeah, that was my uh, fault. Important Dave played Bo Kevel. Yeah. Griff Holleran is a different guy. Okay. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but different guy. <laughs> so, well, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, it I is. think I think for next week it's going to be coming up. Like William said, it's going to be the next episode of Resistance, and um, until then, um, bye. <laughs> I guess so. I'm not. I'm not this good is, at this. William, uh, really no, we will. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. No, this is the uh, part where we yeah. play the awkward elevator music, right? I know. Yes, exactly. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.